What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing the NBA bubble as there has been some insane games the past weekend. The NBA bubble is real, everybody. We're also going to talk some MLB as a quarter of the season is almost already up and I haven't even blinked an eye yet. So lots of stuff to discuss today. Can't wait to get to it. So last weekend, there were some insane games in the NBA bubble. Now, I thought I knew everything in regards to the bubble. The The first weekend that the games were played, I was calling all the games correctly. I was like, oh, like, you know, best teams should do fine in the bubble. There's no home crowd. There's no home advantage. Boy, was I wrong. It has almost been the exact opposite in the bubble. There's not too many games left in this uh, expanded playoff format for the NBA. Uh, The playing games will be on Saturday this weekend. So there's only two weeks of playing games. And it's just been crazy because it's impossible to know how each team is going to lay out their, their lineups. And what it's shown is some of the better teams, like the Lakers, Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, they've started to bench their players. But they won't bench them, you know, at the start of the game. You know, maybe they'll play sparingly. It almost feels like preseason atmosphere to these best teams because they're already locked in uh, their playoff spot. So they really have nothing to play for besides seeding. But even at this point, there isn't too much of a difference in seeding. And to these teams, the seeding really doesn't matter anymore. Because, yes, whoever has the home, I mean, whoever is the home team, they probably get more of the fake crowd noise or whatnot, but it has no effect. And then it's shown in teams like the Phoenix Suns, who are undefeated in the bubble. They've won seven games in the bubble. And they're winning, you know, decisively. Now, there's been a few games where they've played where a lot of the starters or, you know, key players get benched throughout the game for the other team or don't start. Well, that's not the Suns' fault. They're playing what's on the schedule. They're trying to get into the playoffs as an 8 seed, which would be insane. They pretty much had to go undefeated to get to this point. And right now, it's looking like the Suns and the Blazers are going to be you know, playing for that eight seed, along with the San Antonio Spurs, who are just winning ball games. The Spurs, the Suns, the Blazers have been by far the hottest teams in the bubble. They have also like teams like the Denver Nuggets. Their only losses are against the Miami Heat on the first game. Uh, we're where Jamal Murray wasn't playing. Uh, but they still look good for the first half, but the Heat pulled away. That's another team who I really like, is the Miami Heat. They've been killed. I'll get to them in a second. And then Denver Nuggets also lost to the Lakers the other night on a Kyle Kuzma game-winning three, which the Lakers lost like three in a row, four in a row, before they won that. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, Denver put all their scrubs in, and they almost beat the Lakers. So that gets me into my next topic here. 
the scrub teams are killing it. So I just talked about, you know, the Phoenix Suns, Spurs. You know, those are teams that have stars on their team. They're just, you know, weren't playing, you know, were undermatched during the season. I'm talking about a scrub team like the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets don't have Kevin Durant playing. They don't have Kyrie playing. Spencer Dinwiddie is hurt. And they are putting out this team that beat the Clippers with starters the other night. They, the, the Nets shot 18 of 21 in the first quarter against the LA Clippers. Granted, the Clippers came back tied in the second half and ended up losing to the, the Nets. But let me... The Nets were 10-point underdogs. This is a Net team that beat the Milwaukee Bucks. That didn't start Giannis in the second half, but still beat them. They just went out and killed the Orlando Magic today, who are you know a solid young squad. I I don't understand how this Nets team are they are they a dangerous team in the bubble? This is what I've been saying. This NBA bubble has just allowed these random teams to get these confidence, and now there's no pressure. What the virtual fans on the sides gonna alter the way the game is played? No way. These these teams this. This new playoff format for this COVID-19 season couldn't have worked out better for these teams that had no business making the playoffs. Granted, the Nets, the East is so bad that I'm not surprised they made the playoffs at all, but just looking at their team right now, Joe Harris is like, and Karis LeVert are like leading the squad. I mean, that is the most, I mean, yes, they're up, you know, they're, on the rise players, but they're like taking control of games. It's crazy. I'm not trying to discredit these players, but I mean, where are they coming from? I think ultimately the NBA bubble has been awesome. Damian Lillard is right now the MVP of the bubble, hands down. Him, like if you were to make a NBA all first team bubble right now, I'd go with, and this is up for debate too, but I'm going Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, let's go, I'm going to go Michael Porter Jr. from Denver, he's been killing it, I'm also going to go, uh, I I'm trying to go like, you know, point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Uh, but I, I got to give it to also my man Gary Trent on Portland. Yeah, he's definitely not my man, but he's been killing it. He's been like the best shooter in the bubble, uh, wherever that's coming from. And I'm also going to give it, let's see, if I had to name a fifth player, I'm going to give it to, uh, if, if I had to give a center, I'm saying Brooke Lopez on the Milwaukee Bucks, he's been killing it in the bubble as well. He's put up almost 40 against Dallas the other day. Uh, but also, Luka Doncic on Dallas, he's been killing it. Uh, he's another one of my NBA first teams uh, in the bubble. Uh, but those, those are the guys I'm going for. A lot of guard play. Um, I You know, I also like Nursich on... Uh, Portland, pretty much the whole Portland team. I love Mellow on Portland, so pretty much Portland, Portland, Portland uh, is what I'm getting at here. If I had to uh, give the biggest disappointment of the bubble, that's going to have to go to two teams. Memphis Grizzlies, 
the New Orleans Pelicans. They have been awful. Grizzlies at least have been in close games. They have won a game uh, versus the Thunder where they came back and won. And they also lost an overtime to Portland. Uh, they they kept it interesting. Uh, well, I I don't know. I, Boston took them to town today. I don't want to say they kept it interesting. But against the Pelicans, uh, the Pelicans did beat uh, Memphis, which is pretty much the toilet bowl of uh, the bubble. Sorry to Anthony Santangelo if you're listening to this. He He's, he's going to be so mad. But it's just true. Uh, Santangelo. I mean, these are the two teams that are supposed to be fighting for the eighth seed uh, in the West. And they've shit the bed. They've looked terrible. The Pelicans are already eliminated. Memphis has had a really hard schedule. Uh, I can't, you know, fault that. They've had to play good team after good team uh, this whole bubble. Um, but they've had their chances. They've played Portland. Um, they've played the Pelicans. You know, they're playing teams that are right there that they have to beat. You know, they lost to the San Antonio Spurs. That's a team they had to beat. Uh, and, you know, they kind of just, you know, it didn't help uh, that they had Jaron Jackson go out with an injury. He, he's a big part of their team. Uh, but even with him in, you know, they looked flat. And you, and kinda gotta, and you have a guy like Dylan, Dylan Brooks who's just been like the worst shooter in the bubble. He was killing it before. Uh, the pandemic hit. So, and, and, I mean, and John Morant's looked good, but, I mean, he can't do it by himself. And it's just kind of sad to see the pellet, the, a Grizzlies team that was just, you know, all ready for the playoffs. They're just kind of falling off the the face of the earth here. And to the Pelicans, I mean, Zion can't do it by himself either. J.J. Reddick's had... A good bubble as well. He's always good, no matter what team he's on. He's actually, you know, he's made the playoffs every year. He's been in the league. Well, that's going to change this year. Uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll even count it this year, because it's been such a weird year. But, I mean, JJ's doing all, his can- all he can. I think Ingram's been disappointed in this bubble. He hasn't really done much. Uh, he was he was huge uh, in the regular season, but he hasn't done much. Lonzo Ball's been not too great, chugging up a lot of threes. Hasn't looked terrible, but, you know, kind of, you know, his plus minus is probably way down uh, on the Pelicans. You know, ultimately, they just kind of look sluggish, and, you know, it's showing how young they really are. And, they're you know, Zion's been playing sparingly, but, you know, he's, it's kind of a tough time for him just to hop in right now. Uh, he's, he still needs more experience. So, Pelicans definitely next year, that I was just saying today, that they definitely need another score. So, they need, you know, they need to hit the free, free agent market hard. Uh, before the next season happens so they can, you know, acquire another asset because they're one, you know, big player away from just being a sample. And I think having Zion on their team will be a great, you know, market uh, attractor. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking that Pelicans are going to be fine. Grizzlies, they're young too. They're going to be good. They, they, they can also use another big-time score. Um, yeah, they were more of a defense, grinded-out team. Uh but, I mean, they're Grindhouse. Uh, but, I mean, they definitely need somebody else because they don't have enough offense to keep up with, you know, the West Coast. I'm really interested to see how, you know, the Warriors turn out next year. You know, they're going to have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson back. I don't know why I'm going to next year. I just I feel like, you know, this playoffs are going are going to go so fast that it's already, you know, crap. And then when the, this season ends, you know, the next season's about to start. 
it's gonna be exciting. I'm I think that the Bucks for if I had to pick a team right now that's gonna win it all in this uh twenty twenty season, it's gonna it's gonna have to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they have some work to do. This is also up for debate, very hot take. Uh I think, you know, they've been kinda, you know, putting it in second gear so far. I'm still waiting for the I think they're kinda just, you know, resting up for the playoffs. They had such a deep team. Um they had a really good win against the Boston Celtics earlier, like in like their first weekend of this new bubble, uh, which I really liked, and they lost to the Mavericks recently in overtime. But I mean, the Mavericks are a good team, and the Bucks were, you know, right there, pretty much should have won the game, but couldn't close. Uh, but that was you know that was a good game. I still like the Bucks. I think that they're gonna make it to the NBA Finals. That's my prediction. Uh, I think that they're gonna be playing the. Toronto Raptors um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, that's my prediction right now, it, it, if it works out in the bracket. Those two and the the Celtics, you know, are are going to be the ones coming out of there. I like the Pacers as a dark horse. I just don't know, you know, if uh, TJ Warren can stay hot. I also like, I mean, I know I'm kind of naming all the teams in the East, but the Miami Heat, they're going to be right there as well. They're going to be a tough out. Uh, I I wouldn't want to play the Miami Heat in the bubble. I think it definitely helps them out. Uh, uh, but I think it's all about matchups. You know, I think Milwaukee... I I just see them matching up well with Miami. But at the same time, you say the same thing for Miami. Because, you know, you got Bam Adebayo down low. Kelly Olenek's been playing really well. They can match up against Brooke Lopez and the Bucks. Well, I think, you know, obviously Jimmy Butler is a huge, you know, X-factor for... Miami, and if he's going off, I mean, I, they can be anybody. Um, so watch out for the Miami Heat. Uh, I think, honestly, I I think they're my dark horse team over the Indiana Pacers as they just slapped them the other day. Um, so Miami Heat, dark horse team. To the West Coast, this is going to be tough. I The Lakers should make it to the NBA Finals. But I don't know if I'm going to pick them. They've kind of disappointed me this bubble. They haven't, you know, been going a lot, I feel like, but they lean a lot on LeBron and Anthony Davis. And if they're not playing well, or if LeBron's not in the game, like, they're in trouble. Which is why I'm really liking the L.A. Clippers. L.A. Clippers are a team where when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you know, and Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, Patrick Rivers are all healthy, I don't know who can beat them. Now, Houston Rockets uh, are a team that can give any, any team trouble, but I'm just worried that that team, you know, they solely win on hitting threes. They shot over 60 threes against the Bucks. Now, if they're nailing threes, they also could beat anybody. But the, I just don't see them versus, you know, in a long series against the Clippers or even the Lakers, how the Rockets would, you know, Keep up the pace. They're you know they're not a very deep team, uh. So, you know if they're if if they're not raining men, like they're in trouble. I love the Portland Trailblazers. They're my dark horse coming out of the West. I'm picking them to go to the conference finals against the Clippers. I think that Portland is a team that, at this point, I don't want to play them. 
I think that they're going to, you know, play the Phoenix Suns in a playing game, which I think is going to be an awesome game. But they're going to come out of that already having an edge because playing in, you know, a do-or-die game like that, if you come out of that, you're already, you know, ahead of the curve. And they're going to go in playing a a Lakers team where they're not playing their best basketball right now. They they did beat the Denver Nuggets the other day by three, but they, you know, they beat the Scrubs at the end. Um the Lakers don't look bad, but they they need to step it up. And I don't think they, you know, they don't want to go playing the Blazers first round. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm calling a Trailblazers upset in the first round over the Lakers, uh, but losing to the Clippers in the NBA Finals. So that is my NBA Finals pick. The Milwaukee Bucks against the Los Angeles Clippers, where the Milwaukee Bucks... We'll take it in seven games. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. My Riddles rant of the week has to go to Sunday night's game between the Cleveland Indians and my Chicago White Sox. The Sox took a hard 5-4 defeat in the 10th inning where the game was called due to rain. There was a, a really good game between the Indians and White Sox where... Uh, it was a back-and-forth game, which ended up going to extras, where the Indians scored two runs uh, in the top of the 10th, where the White Sox, the next inning, scored a run and had first and second with one out before, you know, it was, you know, it was downpouring, where they had to, you know, cover the field. And they only waited for 20 minutes before calling the game, where, I kid you not, at 11 o'clock, it's dry outside. It's not raining. But the game was called. Which I think is ridiculous. The MLB has this rule where if there's five innings completed and the the game can't continue that night due to rain, if it's not tied, that they call the game. Which I find fraudulent because the Washington Nationals are losing 6-2 to two to the Baltimore Orioles in the top of the seventh inning, where their game got suspended to play Friday of this week. So, I'm so confused here. Does it just depend on the teams and what they decide? I mean, how can they end the game on Sunday night? It's such a huge divisional battle uh, between the Indians and White Sox, where, I mean, this game is gonna can really matter down the stretch. And so the Sox had, you know, runs in score position to win the game, and it's just, oh, canceled rain, can't complete it, over. The MLB has to change that. I know they don't want to make up games, especially now in COVID. It's such a pain in the ass, I understand. But if you're going to play uh, these games, at least make it fair and at least change the rule. I've always thought that was the stupidest thing where rain can just decide a game like that. Added to a doubleheader, a game should never be called in a major league game due to rain. Unless, you know, there should be some rule. Make it like if, you know, if you're down more by you know by more than five runs or something i don't know or even like three runs i mean if you're in three runs you're still in striking distance no matter what team you are so that rule has to be changed it pissed me off but you know life goes on you know but i i was pissed about it let's just say my g4 spotlight of the week has to go to my big fancy baseball win against jonathan elsie Elsie, we both needed this win, uh, both being 0-1. I'm sorry I had to take you down. 
But it feels really good. It feels so good to be one-on-one in the season. In our fantasy baseball league, there's only six weeks this year for the league, so we're only playing six people out of 12. So eight teams are making the playoffs. So every win counts. I think, you know, we talked about it. If you get three wins out of the six, you should be in, in the playoffs with eight teams making it. I believe you would probably like to have four so you wouldn't have to win by a potential tiebreaker. But three should get you in. So being 0-1 as we both were, we couldn't, you know, you don't want to go 0-2 uh, as LC is right now. You know, being on the brink of going 0-3 where you'd really be screwed. Technically, you know, you probably won't be eliminated until you lose four times. But I'm, you know, I'm trying to make it in... Uh, Safely, so having a matchup this week, which I, I'm playing uh, my rival, Ethan Holman, uh, E-Money, he's, he, he's currently 2-0. Had an off week last week, he you know had a crap matchup win, but he's a good team nonetheless. Uh, he's coming out to play this week. Uh, we have a, you know, we're pretty much tied after two days, uh, so that's going to be really interesting down the stretch. It's a big win. Uh, for me, I'd love to be two and one, but you know he'd love to be three and zero. Elsie, on the other hand, being zero and two, you know he's kicking ass this week, but you know he needs to make a run, uh, which he can. You know his team's definitely capable of that. But as Trey Turner had an awful week against me, uh, go figure since I'm a huge Nets fan, but he already has like two or three dingers this week already, so he's turning it around. Uh, but huge victory for me last week, uh, giving me a little bit of breathing room, but you know. I I'm looking for back to back wins over Holman this week. Uh, Giving me a two and one edge in the league would be sick. Uh, so hopefully I can report next week that that's what went down. But I'm not I'm not gonna get ahead of myself here. I'm gonna stay humble. Uh, I got that one win, but I'm hungry for more, baby. Hunger for more. My flick of the week this week is gonna have to go to the classic, forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is a movie that I've seen. You know, probably like three or four times uh, in the span of my lifetime. Really solid movie. Uh, it's, you know, I found it on Hulu and I was scrolling through the comedy section for a little late night flick last week. This is like a classic flick of the week because this was like, you know, I was grinding. Actually, you know, I wasn't grinding too hard, but, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was just like going through Hulu. And I'm like, you know, whatever I find uh, first that, you know, is decent, I'll probably laugh a little bit. I'll go for it. And there it was. Green Sherman. I'm forgetting Sarah Marshall was right there. Uh, super funny movie with uh, Jason Segel, uh, who re- recently gets dumped by, you know, star Sarah Marshall. Uh, she, you know, she plays a, a role in a sick, uh, you know, like a, kind of like a CSI type show. Um, and then, of course, he goes to uh, Hawaii, where she is, uh, as well with her new husband, or... Uh, fiance or I I think it might even just be dating at the time I don't know um but so he goes there of course meets Mila Kunis who's one of like the hotel uh hostesses and you know it's it it's a classic it honestly it's one of those movies where the first you know half of it I think you know I like a lot better than the second half uh because it kind of gets repetitive after a while but it's you know good movie throughout uh, not hating on the second half of the movie, you know, all quality, just, you know, it's one of those movies where, you know, I'm kind of, I've seen it, so I'm tuning out towards the end, 
uh, which is the way comedies go for the most part. But if if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Uh, definitely a good uh, show or movie to watch with the girlfriend. Uh, hopefully that you know that doesn't you know affect your relationship in the past. You know, seeing how you know I feel like those movies where it's like. Gangstar Star Marshall, you know, it's about a guy trying to forget his girlfriend, and then you're, like, watching, and you're like, uh-oh, like, this, you know, I, I wouldn't want this to happen, uh, but, you know, great movie, uh, definitely should tune in if you haven't seen it, but solid, solid, uh, ratings all around, definitely a good laugh. For my bet of the week this week, I'm taking it to the MLB. Tomorrow, the Chicago Cubs play the second game of their series against the Cleveland Indians in Cleveland. Uh, it's going to be Kyle Hendricks against Carlos Carrasco for the Indians. The Chicago Cubs are plus 110 money line against the Cleveland Indians. I'm taking the Chicago Cubs. And that's coming from a Chicago White Sox fan. The Chicago Cubs have been awesome this year. Uh, their offense has, you know, been great. Their starting pitching has been awesome. Their bullpen's even been better lately. Uh, and that's hard for me to say as a White Sox fan. But the White Sox are playing well, too. You know, they're 9-9 um, with their win against the Tigers today. I think the Chicago Cubs, you know, if they're plus 110 on the money line, that's something that, you know... They're not going to be underdogs very often. And if you're an underdog with Kyle Hendricks on the mound, that's scary. Carrasco is also a good pitcher. Um, I don't think a lot of runs are going to be scored in that series. But I think especially on tomorrow's game, there's not going to be a lot of runs at all. I'm definitely going with Kyle Hendricks and the Cubs. I think that they are not phased by the Indians. The Indians don't score a lot, so I don't think they're to score a lot against Hendricks, um, as they couldn't score against Lester yesterday. Or today, I mean. So, Chicago Cubs, plus 110 against the Cleveland Indians tomorrow on Wednesday, August 12th. Lock it in. That's all the time we have today. On the Riddle Me That podcast, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. The NBA bubble is about to take off in the playoffs. MLB is rolling, and before you know it, they're going to be in the playoffs. I highly advise for everyone to get out there, or or to get on their couch, I should say, and watch some games. Just appreciate that they're, you know, playing right now. Don't think about the future. You never know when it's going to be taken away from you. Don't take sports for granted. I'm telling you right now, it's going to come back to bite you. I hope you guys all have a great night. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Riddle out.